This is the Rejoicing in the Word podcast coming to you from the capital region of the Susquehanna Valley. My name is Josh Hamilton, and with me today is my co-host, Brandon Starnes, my pastor, and we also have with us today missionary Joseph Marshall. It is a wonderful thing to have both of you with us at this particular time. Uh, It's been a pleasure to be able to meet Brother Marshall and get to know him a little bit more. Uh, Brother Marshall, you currently serve in Australia. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you were or where you're at and um, how long you've been serving there? All right. We've been in Australia for 19 years, and um, we're currently serving in the area of Brisbane in the north suburbs area of North Lakes and Mango Hill. And what side of the continent is that? It's on the east coast, about halfway up the coast. And how long have you been there? We've been in Brisbane now for... Uh, eight years, um, just almost eight years. Is that where you started? Nineteen years ago, we were sponsored in by the Great Hope Baptist Church in Inala, which is on the western side of Brisbane. And in order to get in to get your visas, you have to be sponsored by a church. So that's what we did. We served there for a while, about a year year or so. And then after that, we moved up to Darwin, and we were there for about nine, nine and a half years. Okay. Different world? completely different world one is you keep driving to get to the nowhere and then keep going and then when you think you're going to drive into the ocean you get to darwin the other and the other one is a city of about 2.7 million people so slight difference wow and josh you spent a little time in australia yes i did i had the opportunity to go over there and do an internship with brother marshall is about a month long and so i got to live in australia he got to go see see some different places, got to meet the people there, and also serve in ministry. And so it was, it was a great experience, and I enjoyed it. Brought back a lot with me. That's an opportunity that doesn't come around every day of the year. Absolutely. Now, I every time I get to talk to someone, especially like a young person, I, uh, I can't recommend enough going on a missions trip or taking an internship with a missionary. Uh, Jeff definitely had a great impact in my life. That's profound. But Marshall, how did you come to the saving knowledge of, of Christ? Right. I didn't grow up in your typical Christian home. Um, my family was Catholic, sort of. Hmm. Uh, the only people in our family that ever went to the Catholic Church were excommunicated. And so we, until I was four and a half, almost five, we never really went to church much or anything like that. And then one night, um, one of the deacons and an assistant pastor from New England Baptist Church knocked on our door. And it was at that time they shared the gospel with my mother, and uh, she accepted Christ as her Savior. They invited us to go to church, but we didn't have a car. We, it was quite far away, and uh, we didn't have really any way to get there. And so they told us that they had buses that came through that area. And if we got out, and they told us the time, and get on bus four, we got on bus four. And we began to ride the bus to church, and so I rode the bus with my mom. And so that's how I began to come to church, and then it was probably about a year or so later um, that I, too, ended up accepting Christ as my Savior after going to church for a while um, and just hearing the messages and realizing you know, that I was a sinner, that, that Christ paid for that sin, and that He was offering that gift if anyone would come and put their faith and trust in Him and Him alone. And so I did that, and um, I accepted Christ as my Savior. My mom and I became very involved in the church. Um, and she began to work for the church, and then in grade one or first grade, I began going to the Christian school there all the way up until I graduated from high school. Mm. So that was a, a major change in your life. 
It was because um, my mom had me when she just turned 16. She, my father, I never really met much until I was 16 because my mom married him while he was in prison. But before he got out of prison, they got divorced because she gave him the option. It was either his family or his motorcycle gangs. And uh, he was a, he was a hitman for the motorcycle gangs and he chose them. And so we never really knew him much. Um, and so it was a completely different world. Um, and, you know, from where my family was to the change when Christ came into my mom's life and we began to get involved in church. Well, and that's what salvation does. It produces that change in us. How did you then move from, you know, I guess you said 12th grade, you were still there at the the Christian school, and then I I presume college at some time, but how did you move over and how how did you get in Australia? Well, um, at about 10, I felt like the Lord was laying on my heart a a burden to preach, a desire to preach. And so I talked to my pastor, and my pastor said, oh, that that's wonderful. And he began to just kind of pull me aside. My pastor had already kind of taken me under his wing where I didn't have a father, um, and he was kind of like a father to me, uh, to the point where just like if his kids misbehaved in church and he'd call them up from the pulpit, he'd call me from the pulpit too. Uh, he took the adoption a little bit too literally, uh, but that's it's okay. Hard, hard having a pastor as your dad. <laughs> yeah, I found that out when I was kind of adopted into the family. Um, but then, so he just took an interest in me, began to show me, like, this is how you put a sermon together. This is, and he began to sort of mentor me um, as I grew up. And then about 16, we went to the Wilds camp. And while I was there, I fully surrendered my life to, to be a pa- preacher. And I surrendered my life to the call to be a missionary or a church planter. Mm -hmm. And I knew the Lord always wanted me to go somewhere where there wasn't a lot of gospel preaching churches, a lot of fundamental churches. And I assumed that that would mean I would end up going back home to the New England area, to Boston. And that that was kind of where I settled in my mind. And then um, when I went my first year, I was at Pensacola Christian College. And then um, I was sort of doing things my way. Um, I was always interested in medicine. I had a job offer that if I had a medical degree, I could go back to the Children's Hospital in Boston and do research. So when I went to university at first, I was a chemistry major and a uh, advanced math minor. So that way I could get all that in to go to medical school. Um, But then while I was there, something unusual began to happen. I love math and science, but all my Bible classes and everything to do with ministry, I was still getting straight A's in, and I never struggled with schoolwork in my life, but I was struggling with just basic science, and I just didn't know what it was, and so I began to pray, got counsel, and I remember asking one of these gentlemen I was asking, and he looked at me and he said, you're probably not supposed to be in medicine. Mm. You're probably supposed to be in ministry. I just looked at him and said, how did you know? And he goes, eh, just just figured it out. And he was right. And so I I surrendered. And then once I surrendered, nothing against um, where I was, um, but I wanted to go to a local church-based Bible college that was training people for the ministry. So I transferred to Crown College. Uh, About my second day at Crown, um, I met a young lady who had just got back from a mission trip to Australia. (laughs) And um, and I never considered Australia as a mission field because it's a first world country. I, you always think of missions as like third world jungles for some reason. And I never really considered Australia that way. But she would not stop t- 
talking about Australia. And I was kind of interested in her. So I thought, well, I want to hold an intelligent conversation. Let's start researching Australia. So I began to study Australia. I began to correspond with missionaries in Australia, all those types of things. And it was through that process of studying about Australia, getting my questions answered about Australia, that I realized there was an even greater need in Australia for good, solid churches. I mean, um, Knox County, Tennessee alone has more independent Baptist churches than the entire country of Australia. And so that's how the Lord just burdened my heart for Australia. And it sounds funny, but I married her, so that was my – that's <laughs> Melissa. That's my wife. And uh, so really God used that to direct my attention there, um, and that's just how it started. And then uh, from that point forward, we just kind of set our eyes on that's where we're going – and so once we finished, um, she was a year behind me. I got my master's. She got her bachelor's. And, and once we finished, uh, we literally graduated. And then um, the very beginning of June, um, I was talking to my pastor. And he said, how much do you have coming in? We said 350 And he said, well, what about insurance? Because your, your wife is expecting. I said, I don't know. He said, he just said to me, well, if you'll go full time, and when you're sitting in my office with everything packed in the U-Haul, we'll talk. And I said, okay. So we went full-time, drove up to Massachusetts. Everything was in a U-Haul. So you were you were part-time raising your deputation. Yes, we were part-time okay, on deputation. And then so we went full-time. I drove up there. When I sat in his office, um, he said, okay, you're an ordained part of the pastoral staff. Here's your health insurance cards. And so we started full-time deputation with $350 a month coming in. But um, with about six months' worth of meetings all booked and all that type of stuff. And God just blessed. We literally raised our support after going full-time in two and a half years and then had to wait about six months just for our visa. You know, you said here, you know, in regards to your pastor, he and even your teacher there, you know, maybe you should be ministry, recognizing ministry, and the other one about your pastor just being there and saying, hey, when you're, when you're ready to go full-time, let me know. I mean, that speaks to a lot of a certain characteristic trait that God uses in regards to missions. Would you not say like humility, mm-hmm. submission, things along that line? Has that same attitude served you well in missions? It served me great in missions um, because uh, one thing right, right away when I got to Australia, things are very different. Hmm. And you're speaking the same language. Josh can probably attest to this. Absolutely. Usually when people come, at a, if they're only there for two weeks, they think, oh, this is no, not, not, not a problem. I understand English. It's all good. But when you get to about week three, week four, you start re- realizing, wait a minute, what they're saying and I'm saying, I don't think they mean what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so being willing to ask and learn um, the missionary we were sponsored in under said... So you didn't know everything is what you're correct. saying. Correct. Oh, still don't. <laughs> I still don't. Um, but the missionary we were sponsored in under uh, said, find yourself some good Australian friends that you can ask questions and let them speak into your life. And so to this day, some of my best friends in ministry are Australians. Um, when I go to the different conferences in Australia, I try to sit with the Australian pastors, not necessarily with the other American missionaries. Because if you have questions about how to minister in Australia, someone who grew up there is going to understand the culture better. Sure. 
But you have to. But the thing is, they're used to American missionaries coming in, knowing everything, and telling them how to run things, and starting American churches in Australia. And they'll grow dependent upon that. Correct. Um, that they're not going to offer you their opinion or insight if you don't ask. Right. Uh, and they'll let you sink or swim on your own, and then they'll have a few things to say. Well, you know, if you'd asked me, you know, but if you'll ask them. They're more than willing to help. They're more than willing to be an encouragement um, and help you out. So that, that was a huge thing. Sounds like some good advice for anyone that's looking to go into missions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking of that, brother, kind of as we're winding down this segment a little bit, but let me ask you another question right on what Brother Josh just said. What advice would you give to a young individual, specifically a young man that's looking to start out uh, in missionary church planting, particularly um, not just Australia, but but in missions in general? Um, two things. Um, one would be be willing to ask questions, mm. um, even from people within your church. They don't have to be pastors or missionaries. Um, some of the greatest ideas and helps in ministry have come from people that I, you know, look at, well, I'm their pastor and they're part of the congregation. No, we're... We're all equals, just I have more responsibility that God's put on me because he's asked me to lead. Um, but I've learned so many things from people that I pastor. Um, I think I've learned as much from them as they've learned from me. And it, to me, that's just part of the process. So one, be, be willing to ask questions, not just of pastors and missionaries, but even if people in your church don't feel like you're so far above them just because you're their pastor, they can help you. Sure. Um, and then the other one is wherever you are, have both feet in. Um, don't be like if you're in a foreign country. I've seen so many missionaries. Well, you know, on Monday mornings I have to watch or catch up on my home church and what's going on there, so therefore I can't minister or whatever it is. You know, all oh, this is going on, and it's nice with technology that you can keep in touch with your church, you can keep in touch with people. Um, but if you're in a country, put everything there. Um, don't be living half in both worlds because you're going to be effective in neither. And uh, and the people you're trying to minister to will see that. Speaking to that, you're an Aussie citizen, aren't you? We are. Okay. Uh, we got in under permanent residency, which is becoming a very rare thing these days. Um, and so right when we walked in, we were permanent residents. And after three years, we had the option to get our dual citizenship. When we looked into that, um, if we kept our permanent residency – we would have to renew it every five years, even though it was permanent. Um, you you could permanently stay, but you couldn't travel. And mm. so at the end of three years, they said, oh, you can go for citizenship. So we looked at that, and we don't have to renounce our American citizenship. So we got it, and they don't you don't get double tax. They've got agreements, and there's all these different factors that go into it. Uh, but because of that, we can stay in Australia as long as we want. And literally, when we got our citizenship at our citizenship ceremony, every single family in our church came except one. Because to them, it meant we're permanent. Mm. We're we're not fly by night. We're not going to leave whenever. We're now one of them. And even to this day, when I'm amongst um, some Australian pastors, um, I've seen, and it's kind of funny because when you go to a conference, they have a little thing where you put, you can tick what title you want to be called. And I always just tell whoever they're on the conference, I don't care what title you put on my thing. It doesn't bother me. Um, 
Now in Australia, if you go around, people say, oh, "What are you? You're a missionary." They'll say, "Oh, we don't need missionaries. What are you doing here?" So you tend to say, "Well, I'm I pastor New Beginnings sure. Baptist Church." It just gets accepted better. Um, so when I go to those things, I say, "Call me whatever you want. I really don't care." And you can tell a difference between people that they ex- view it as one of them and those that they don't. Because on the name tag, you'll see pastor and a name, and then the church. And then all of a sudden, randomly, you'll see missionary and the name and the church. And um, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but that actually speaks volumes to how the Australian views you. And so yeah, just, just put both feet in wherever God puts you. Even if it's somewhere here in America, say you're from the south and God calls you to the north or vice versa, um, just put both feet where you are. And, you know, the Lord has a, a wonderful ability to make wherever you wind up be home. Yeah. Our children still to this day, if you were to say to them while they're in America, isn't it nice to be home? They'll be like, I'm not home. Mm-hmm. My, my home's in Australia. Every one of them. So... That's at submission and humility again. And, of course, in keeping with rejoicing in the Word of God, both of those are hallmark traits of someone that's abiding in Him. Brother Josh, why don't you close us out with a word for the day? Sure. Our word for the, word for the day is from the Psalms. Psalm 40 and verse 16 says, Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. So as we end this uh, podcast episode, we challenge you to keep rejoicing in the word.